Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. I remember when I was um, starting the playgroup here almost a year ago, uh, wondering whether or not we had made some sort of foolish decision, uh, ringing up uh, some friends of ours and saying, can you please come to playgroup on this certain day in October when we're starting uh, because we don't want to look like total fools and have no one in the building, uh, only uh, to see time and time again person from the community after person from the community uh, come in the door. Uh, And I think we had 19 kids at that first playgroup and I felt great joy indeed. Uh, Or uh, the joy that you feel when you uh, hold your child for the first time uh, and the wonder of that. There's all sorts of experiences that we have, don't we, that make us feel joyful and like rejoicing. But of course... The challenge, I think, of Habakkuk, as we'll see today, is that we as Christians and as people who follow the Lord have joy not based on people turning up or beautiful babies in our arms, but we have joy that transcends our circumstances, that we have joy even in suffering, that we have Joy, and we feel like rejoicing because we're not basing our lives on what happens in front of us, but on who the Lord is. Habakkuk is a great little prophet, a prophet who reminds us of the need to trust in God and find our joy in Him. We know that he was uh, a prophet who was writing in the late 7th century BC. Uh, He was a prophet who uh, stood uh, in a corrupted uh, Judah, a corrupted Jerusalem, uh, a prophet who longs for God to do something about it. And as we saw in our first week, he complains to God, why aren't you doing anything about the ungodliness of these people? And God says, okay, I'm going to raise up the uh, Babylonians and they will bring judgment and of course we saw last week how Habakkuk's not so happy about that because in his mind sure sure the the people who are living in Judah might be bad but like the Babylonians are a whole nother level Uh, and so he he questions God how can this be that you'll use the Babylonians to bring your justice Uh, and of course God replies and says well, I'm a God who, who does love justice, and though I'll use the Babylonians, they too will eventually be punished for their misuse of violence and their, uh, the way that they have not shown mercy uh, in the bringing of judgment. And we've seen, as we looked at Habakkuk's call and response to God, that, that one, uh, the invitation for us 
in our struggles, as we've heard in the kids' talk today, uh, to struggle with God and to, to be in that place of open relationship with him where we're able to say, God, why is it like this? And to be constant in his word and to be constant in hearing back from him about the true nature of things. But to not, that we don't actually have to simply accept things lightly, that God is a big God and he can deal with our questioning of him if it's done uh, with, a, with an honouring spirit. Habakkuk is faced with the reality that God is a God who loves justice, who hates sin and who will judge sin. He's faced with this reality, he's faced with the sovereignty of God. And having come to terms with that, and we saw how uh, in Jesus uh, we meet both the mercy and the justice of God, and what a beautiful thing that is. But for Habakkuk, he's, he's living before the cross, and he comes face to face with the, this fact that he's going to get caught up in the bringing of judgment to his people. He's facing the fact that he's going to see that the evil Babylonians come and through his city and he's seen that he's going to have to live with the consequences of that. And so Habakkuk in our final chapter prays a prayer. Uh, it also is a song. Uh, it, it got turned into a song later. But this prayer that he prays is a prayer where Habakkuk accepts, I guess the struggle is over, and he accepts his reality. He questions God, now he prays. Have a look at verse 2 on the back of the sermon outline there. Lord, I have heard your fame, uh, heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Renew them in our day, in our time make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk knows what God has done. He's heard his fame. He's heard, that is, what God has done throughout the ages. And so through verses uh, 3 to 15, Habakkuk reflects on all the things he knows about what God has done in the past. These are not things that Habakkuk himself has experienced. He's experienced God seemingly doing nothing about sin. Habakkuk's reflecting on the stories he's read in the scriptures, the stories of his people. So in verses 3 to 5, he talks about Teman and Mount Paran. This is Mount Sinai kind of area. And and what Habakkuk is doing in these verses is recalling the rescue of God of his people from Egypt. Then, uh, as uh, God rescued uh, the people from Egypt, Habakkuk recalls how he then led them into the Promised Land. And so in verse 7, he talks about the people of Cushan and the Midianites being driven out. Uh, These are the tribes that were living in the Promised Land uh, when God uh, brought the people of God into those places, when God used them, in fact, to bring uh, his justice and judgment upon those people. And throughout this section, uh, uh, Habakkuk keeps on recalling uh, how God is the God who has brought justice and deliverance for his people uh, uh, in times gone by. You see verse 5, plagues went before them, pestilence followed his steps, a reference to the plagues of Egypt and the Exodus. Verse 6, 
He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. Uh, We think that uh, probably this is a reference to something like uh, the Battle of Jericho where the walls suddenly come tumbling down after uh, the Israelites have walked around with, 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 with an earthquake. God provides victory for his people. Or verse 11, sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. Probably a reference to when uh, we read about in Joshua 10, where God causes the sun to stand still so that battle, the battle could be won by his people. And Habakkuk remembers uh, what God has done, that he's done these wonderful acts to bring about his justice before and to protect his people. And so he knows that he will do it again. And in fact, through verses 9 to 15, we read of a warrior God, a God who uh, uh, goes before his people uh, and who brings justice and judgment with him. Habakkuk has let the scriptures remind him of who God is, of what God is like, of the fact that he is in favour of his people, that he judges his enemies, that he is a God who brings wrath with mercy, as we heard in verse 2. Habakkuk has great faith in the God who he's met in the pages of Scripture. And so Habakkuk is able to come to this acceptance of his reality in verses 16 to 19. Verse 16, he says, I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Habakkuk is terrified of the prospect of uh, of the fact that he's probably going to live through this great judgment of his people. He's going to live through his city being overrun by Babylonians. He's going to live through the murder and the destruction and the chaos and he's terrified. My heart pounded. My lips quivered. Decay crept into my bones. My legs trembled. He's terrified at the fact that he's now come to this realisation that rather than being spared judgment, he's going to get caught up into it. And yet he says, I know that God is a God who is for his people. And so I will wait patiently for that day. He knows it's going to be rough. He he says in verse 17, that though it might get totally destitute and desolate, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, so the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, in spite of how bad it will be, he knows who God is. He has heard of what God has done. And so he can say, even though it will be like that, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Astounding. It's astounding, isn't it, that, that, that he could be faced with such terror and destruction and yet his response is to rejoice in the Lord and be joyful in God his Saviour. And of course, it's only possible because he trusts in God. 
Verse 19, the sovereign Lord, the God who is his saviour, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. God is his saviour and strength. And so he knows that God is able to sustain him and support him through the toughest of stuff. Habakkuk's experience of God's work in his life is on one level pretty average. He's living in a time where he's seen the corruption of God's people uh, rise to new heights. He's, he's realised that uh, the Babylonians are coming and that God's going to send them to judge. He's realised he's going to get caught up in that, uh, uh, that he's going to lose a lot, that he's in danger. His experience gives him every reason, in fact, to walk away from God. Well, why would I believe in a God who seems to let the wicked prosper, who's going to bring about judgment? That's not the kind of God I, I want to believe in. And yet, he stays faithful because he knows who God is. He's met him in the scriptures and he trusts in his goodness, his justice and his mercy, even when his experiences tell him all uh, that, that he has nothing to rely on. The book of Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, finishes with a man who rather than throwing in, the ta- in, throwing in the towel in the face of such devastation, is rejoicing and full of joy because he trusts in God who is his strength and saviour. And so there's a great challenge here for us, I think, for us to think about how we can be like Habakkuk, people who have deep joy, who rejoice in the Lord always, as we heard in our reading, uh, in our second reading today, uh, to be people who find our circumstances do not define our attitude to God. How can we be like Habakkuk? I think we see a few things in this prayer of his at the end of his book. First, we need to remember what God has done. We need to make sure that we are soaked in the scriptures because it's only through Habakkuk having a deep knowledge of who God has revealed himself to be over a long period of time that enables him, I think, ultimately to stand firm in the face of dire experiences and expectations. We look back and we see even more of who God is than Habakkuk did. We see a God who loves each one of us so much that he sent his son into the world to die so that we might live. How can we not rejoice knowing nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ? We need to remember what God has done if we want to be people of deep joy. Two, we need to be people who accept and have an accurate view of our reality. For, of course, nothing uh, fights against joy than having uh, unrealistic expectations. If you think that uh, something's going to be wonderful and it turns out to be less wonderful than you were hoping, 
there's joy goes away because you've got your expectations wrong. And so for us as Christians, I think we need to accept our reality. And in fact, it's not too dissimilar from Habakkuk's. Habakkuk, who's terrified at the thought of getting caught up in judgment and going to face great suffering at the hands of the Babylonians, yet he is able to be joy-filled because God is his saviour and strength. So too, we are called as Christian people to joy in suffering. The scriptures are full of verses like this. I just want to read a few of them to you. Romans 5.3 Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And he goes on. James 1.2 Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Philippians 1.29 For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him but also to suffer for him. Acts 5.41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Do you know what you signed up for when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? You signed up to live a life like Jesus, who suffered death for us, who was hated by the world. Suffering is our reality and yet in Christ we are able to be, have it transformed and to have deep joy knowing that uh, what God has done for us, that this is shaping our character. I think one of the great sadnesses of our current age is that as we find Christians uh, facing more difficulties for their faith, that the narrative is not joy. Uh, that when uh, a girl loses her job because she's not in favour of gay marriage or someone gets taken to the tribunal uh, in Tasmania because they uh, said something about same-sex marriage, uh, we uh, have, have an attitude of outrage. And I guess on one level I, I understand that, but actually as I read the scriptures, we ought to rejoice We ought to have a praise party. We ought to get people together and go, how good is this? This guy's suffering for the Lord Jesus. Wonderful. This is exactly what Jesus promised. It's shaping us. It's transforming us. It's causing us to rely on him. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be my natural reaction if it ever happens to me. Of course not. But I think that's what the scriptures are challenging us and calling us to. Deep joy as we accept our reality of suffering for the name of Christ, just as Habakkuk was caught up in the suffering of his people as they were judged for their sins. So, let us be a people who rejoice in suffering, who find our strength and our hope in God our Saviour. And let us pray that God will help us to find our hope in him, even when everything looks like it's going down the toilet. Let's rejoice in all circumstances, for God is our refuge and strength. Amen. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. 
I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless. Thank you.